0: Welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thank you for watching this video on the Sporting Journal Radio YouTube channel, on our Facebook page or Instagram, or by listening to the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now, listening to our podcast just got a whole lot easier. We've just added a whole new way to subscribe to our podcast, uh, all over the various podcastable options that are out there. Just go to sportingjournalradio.com to find out more. Now, who are our nation's heroes? To me, there's no question it's the men and women who put their lives on the line serving in our nation's military and various law enforcement agencies. They don't get to decide whether or not to go headfirst into harm's way, but they do it willingly to protect our country and our country's citizens. And of course we can get into the debate about there being bad apples. Of course there are, but the majority of them are doing it right. They're doing it so we can live in freedoms where we can hunt and fish and pray and walk and run and do whatever we need to do to get through the day the way we want to get through the day. And that's the topic of this week's show. Our guest is David Morse. He's an active duty Minnesota National Guardsman. He was deployed to Minneapolis to support law enforcement. And I think they did a pretty dang good job. He also hosts American Heroes Outdoors TV. What is that? What is that? And what does he have to say about his deployment to Minneapolis? Let's find out. Broadcasting from the Tazen Lake Lodge Studios, this is Sporting Journal Radio. How much direction are you getting from the governor? To generate something like two point four billion
1: dollars, government closed the entire hunting season.
0: I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you we were going to go there. Hey, hey, we, we got enough deer around here right yeah. now. Yeah. Now we're going to welcome David Morse on the show here to talk about a number of things, the outdoor world, making a TV show, and being a part of the National Guard uh, during the deployment here in the state of Minnesota. It's been an interesting time here the last couple of weeks. I wanted to talk uh, to David uh, about all about all of that stuff here on the show. So first of all, uh, David, thanks for coming on the show, and thank you for your service.
1: Hey, Brett, thanks for having me on. It's It's always good to be on the show, and it's always good to talk about outdoors and serving your country, so it's, uh,
0: it's fun stuff. Give our uh, listeners slash viewers just a little background on your, your military service, David.
1: I joined the Minnesota National Guard when I was 17 years old, uh, joined right in the middle of high school, and I've uh, been sent away on some extended vacations. I've been to Europe a few times, in the Middle East a few times, and um, now I work full-time for the Minnesota National Guard, uh, and it's been my passion. And it's something I'm proud to do. And I've met a lot of great people along the way. So currently have 16 years in uh, as of this last February and look to add another 10 years possibly before I can look at maybe doing some kind of retirement.
0: With some of those extended vacations that you're talking about, after doing those those tours, did you ever expect to be in a situation like you were in, in Minneapolis? That's a great
1: question. I I don't know if anyone can ever expect that. uh, It's really surreal is the best way to describe it. After, like I said, 16 years in the military to be right in your home state, you know, doing what we were doing for the reasons we were doing it. I'm glad we were able to, but it was very surreal.
0: What were you doing? You, you, You were probably like me and the rest of the world that first night watching the the violence spread across the city i just i i couldn't believe what i was watching and i couldn't believe that there was nobody there really to intervene and we don't need to get into why and 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 all that uh that that whole part of the discussion but were you watching that unfold on tv and what was going through your head at that time
1: there was a lot of things going through my head i guess uh from from the the aspect of a a father and a a somewhat public figure with American heroes outdoors and a soldier and a husband, I guess, fear is a main thing that, you know, when does something like this end or or where does it go? Um, You know, you you alluded a little bit to the reasoning behind everything that happened in Minneapolis. You know, there's obviously something much deeper and something that needs to be fixed on on multiple levels. No one really knows all the answers now, but uh, I guess fear and apprehension and you know maybe hope for people to to find their way and to find the answers to what they're looking for
0: was there any any point during that first night or maybe even the second night where you said well looks looks like i'm going to be uh suiting up heading to minneapolis
1: i had no idea we mm-hmm. we had no idea specifically our units gearing up for a deployment next year and you know that's that's common news and we're gearing up for, for training, which is common news to go to California uh, this summer. So that was the last thing on our minds. We were focused on the, the two missions ahead and, and we got pulled away from that to uh, support our community and our state. And that's what we signed up to do. So uh, we obviously went that direction and, and we're, we're proud to do it. And I can't speak for everyone or the Minnesota National Guard, but I can speak for myself that, that I was proud to to serve in that, in that way.
0: What can you tell us about what you did down there, what your role and and involvement was? Specifically, you know,
1: like I, like I said earlier, I can't speak for the guard as a whole, but individually, you know, we're there to protect the people and to allow peaceful protests without it getting out of hand and escalating. Um, We did everything from, you know, support law enforcement to go to different communities and hand out, Food and water and Gatorade and chips and those were some of my most memorable times or favorite times because I I love getting out into the community and talking to people. So we were all over the place in Minneapolis in different neighborhoods. We had, some of my soldiers played basketball with some kids at a park at one at one point. Um, but handing out chips to kids and just talking to to families and hearing their side of the story um, of all walks of life. I mean, we went anywhere from you know upscale neighborhoods to poverty stricken neighborhoods and and mostly spent most of our time in the poverty stricken area. But so it was good to actually talk to people because, you know, 95% of the people we talked to, uh, were extremely nice and polite and kind and happy for us to be there. So that was rewarding.
0: I was going to ask you about what kind of interaction you had with some of the people there. I, I assume some of it was negative and, but it sounds like the majority of it was positive.
1: Yes, and that was nice to see, that the majority, especially towards the soldiers, was extremely positive.
0: How long were you down there? How how long did that go? Uh,
1: we went down, that's probably 10 days, right around in there. Um, total start to finish, that's being at Camp Ripley and stuff, so it was probably a week down there.
0: I know it's hard for I'm sure for you to really talk about it, but I gotta say I was I was extremely happy and relieved when the guard was was called in. I was waiting for it. I know the, the I, I know you worked alongside with some of the local law enforcement and I know they did a great job too when they were I, I feel like they weren't able to do anything for a while like their hands were tied for a little while that's just my own personal uh observation on the situation but i feel like once you guys came in and said okay okay let's put an end to this i feel like you guys got the situation under control so uh thanks thanks for being a part of it
1: yeah it was good to be a part of and then it, you know again when you when you look at the picture of a of a hole i don't know if if per se we were putting an end to anything we were just kind of supporting both sides you know maybe maybe a a mediator portion of you know we're down there to support the governor and to support the communities and the communities probably even more so that that we live and work in and that's one of the things that people don't always realize you know when we're there some some of the people that we spoke to some of the citizens on the street almost misspoke by saying you know go back where you came from and even, even in my unit there was a handful of people from that neighborhood so Once you explain that to people, it's really eye-opening that we are service members that live and serve in the communities in Minnesota. So that's kind of unique.
0: Well, to watching from the outside, it definitely felt like you guys came in and took control of the situation. (laughs) So um, was there anything that you can talk about that when you got there that you were seeing in person that we weren't seeing on TV?
1: Uh, We slept on concrete floors. I don't know, you know, the, the living conditions were what we know, and I know, you know, there was a lot of things that, that we got to see and that we had a front row seat on, but I don't know that it, it should or can be discussed. Um, the community support for us, we got after after we were there for two nights, food wasn't an issue. I mean, I, I, there was pallets upon pallets of of food and Gatorades and waters and everything you could ever imagine from... Uh, local communities was awesome. And that's what we brought out and, and distributed as well. So
0: sleeping on concrete floors, man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: after, after two days and half an hour of sleep, it's really easy to fold your body armor up and just collapse right where you're at. So
0: <laughs> well, the, you heard a story. I'm sure you heard about it. Uh, I think it was in Washington, DC or something like that. The, the city cancel the contract with a hotel for the for the guard to stay at there so i i'm sure there were people out there that thought you guys were yeah staying at you know embassy suites or some fancy hotel or something like that and here you guys are there uh trying to help help people protect the city protect uh, the neighborhoods and sleeping on concrete floors
1: yeah that's kind of status quo some some units were put up in hotel i'm probably like 10 percent of the people that were down there but hmm. Uh, most of us is just sleep at your vehicles and be ready to go whenever you can. Uh, we did get showers after three or four days down there. Mm. The fire department set up decontamination tents with spigots in them, and we got to walk walk through there. So that was kind of a, a small victory for us to to get that resource.
0: <laughs> well, again, such a uh, such a tragic time in uh, in our state's history, and really in our in our country too. And uh, I'm thankful for. Uh, for our people who, who put on a uniform uh, like yourself. So again, thank you very much for doing that, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we, we should talk about it because uh, military service runs in your family.
1: Definitely, uh, and, as well as law enforcement. And, and I personally, I kind of group all that into one, just serving others. You know, there's, there's hundreds of ways you can do that. Military is one of them and that's what I chose. And that's what most of my family's has done uh, from World War One to World War II, Vietnam to Korea. Uh, Desert Storm and now, you know, currently, um, but also a law enforcement that are out there. So uh, big salute to them as well on the front lines, first responders of any sort.
0: And it was because of this uh, um, service that you you, you, and your family have been a part of is where the idea for American Heroes Outdoors came from?
1: Definitely. I have uh, over my shoulders kind of our, our family hall of fame and most of it started with my mother's grandpa. Um, I was kind of his sidekick growing up in Central North Dakota out hunting and fishing all the time. And he was a uh, Navy corpsman during World War II and Saipan, Guadalcanal, Tarawa, you know, all the Pacific theater stuff uh, and never really spoke about it. And I, I regret not hearing his stories. And that's kind of where American Heroes blossomed, I guess, and the idea where it really got focused around the storytelling. And uh, we're still trying to find our way with that. But the stories are the unique thing. The stories that these service members, whatever branch they serve in, are are where, where a lot of the magic is 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 in their experience as serving our nation.
0: So, explain just what it, it's a nonprofit TV show. Explain to our our uh, our viewers our listeners here what the show is all about. And what you show there?
1: Yeah, American Heroes Outdoors stemmed from different organizations that provide outdoors therapy for veterans and military and first responders. So there's there's quite a few organizations across the Midwest that do that. They're all great organizations. And I've belonged to a few of them. American Heroes Outdoors is a little bit different because not only do we provide the outdoor resources for therapy, we also showcase those other organizations that are doing great things. And then we capture stories of the service members that we take out. So it's not always a large trip with 30 or 40 veterans on it. We try to really focus on one or two stories here and there and then broadcast those stories because those stories are are truly inspirational and, and i believe and, and so does our board of directors that that the world deserves to hear those stories so we have 21 all volunteer myself i'm a volunteer um we, we just go out and gather these stories we we try to look for events to be able to facilitate the stories because it's a lot easier to do it in a setting of in a boat or in a blind or you know overlooking a sunset rather than just being in a room and asking someone to spill their guts, you know. So the outdoors is truly a great place for healing as everyone knows. So we use that as a, a way to facilitate the storytelling per se. And we do have a production team now uh, that we've, we've started building as we grow and add more avenues to tell stories like Shields Hometown Heroes and Sunday Service Spotlight that are just different branches of American Heroes out, outdoors as it grows.
0: Yeah, Wes Gall is a friend of mine. I tried to get him to give me some embarrassing stories about you to talk about here on the show today, but <laughs> he wouldn't spill the dirt. So he got he got well, a good... He
1: knows where the paychecks come from.
0: So <laughs> smart guy. He got a good team there. Uh, there's a new episode I saw on your website, uh, AmericanHeroesOutdoors.com, from Devils Lake, and at the beginning of it, you have a dedication um, to uh, Cody Holty, who is the Grand Forks police officer. Um, who was shot and killed in line of duty on uh, May 27th? Uh, that tragedy, I think, got lost in the shuffle for a lot of people with everything that was going on, and unfortunately. So, uh, I, I, I appreciated seeing that um, that dedication on that episode that you had on
1: there, David. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's not the heart of it all, you know. Oh, sorry. I didn't I didn't know Officer Holty personally, but you know, that's that's kind of the basis of American Heroes Outdoors is those stories that, that all too often go untold. You know, of, of true heroes that have given so much and quietly served without any recognition. So you hit the nail on the head there.
0: That's uh that's why we do it. Well, I wish we would I mean, I wish obviously it never would have happened, but I wish we would have heard more about that whole situation. Um the, the TV show, obviously, are on YouTube. You can see it on, on your website. And then you guys are on Fox Sports North and uh, Midco as well.
1: Yes, yeah, wrapping up our sixth season, um, trying to find different avenues, but we're primarily Fox Sports North, Midco Sports Network. And then everything either goes out on YouTube uh, a little bit before or after, depending on how it's laid out.
0: What, uh, where, where can we watch it? Like what times and then uh, what's still coming up on the season here?
1: Uh, Fox Sports North is Sunday mornings at 9am. Midco plays 110 times annually. So they're just peppering it all over Midco. As long as you're on Midco at some point in time, usually afternoons (laughs) during the weekday uh, or Saturdays, you can see American Heroes outdoors. Um, FSN and Fox Sports Wisconsin also play at Saturday afternoons uh, reruns. We just got done with our final original episode of last year, uh, last weekend, so that Woodland Resort duck hunt with Officer Holty Memorial on the front end was our last original and we'll start airing reruns now through the end of June for the next four weeks and uh, go ahead.
0: Well I was just going to say starting to film for the new season it's been tough filming during COVID hasn't it?
1: Yeah it's difficult you know it's difficult for everybody but when you look at our demographics of of who we have and and what we have to do to get close and and talk to people it, it definitely puts a damper on it but our team has been working, and we got some stuff coming up. We're filming next week in western South Dakota. And then we have about six events in the next two months that haven't been canceled or pushed back. And mm-hmm. then everything that was pushed back from the spring is all stacking up in the fall. So it's looking to be a pretty busy year.
0: What have been some of your favorite episodes that you've filmed so far over the over the course of the six seasons?
1: All the tough questions. You should have made a list to go (laughs) up beforehand. I guess uh, I love them all, but you know, what really hits me are are the ones that I can laugh and smile about. Uh, A friend of mine always talks about smiles and cries, you know, and I I think, you know, the person I'm talking about, but, uh, one of the stories that that comes to mind is uh, a Marine recon team, Marine recon team striker. Uh, We're in the apostle islands. We're at a memorial for a marine recon team striker and it's a memorial story about um, a specific individual that gave his life for for the other marines that were part of his team and it's told from the first person so a good friend of mine jeff savicle is telling the story about his best friend merle allen and their instance in the jungles of vietnam and it it really hits home because of the service part you know you you're out there for your battle buddy to the left and right of you and um, he gave his life so that others may live, and that's why we—that's why we sign up and sign on the dotted line. So, those stories—I um, wish every story we had was 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 like that, but they're not, and they're all good in their own sense. Um, but those stories, when you talk about that kind of ultimate sacrifice, and you can get someone that is willing to talk about it, because that's another huge challenge—is is, inviting someone out to share those memories because those are so deeply ingrained memories and they're not easy to grab and to pull out and to share especially to the public so anything that has a great story of service and sacrifice I think will would fall under one of my favorites
0: that's something I've noticed on on a a number all the events that I've been a part of that uh, have been veteran uh, themed events the word you hear a lot is camaraderie and it it's veterans have experiences that aren't relatable for a lot of people for civilians. Most of the time, they can't, they, they can't always relate to what, um, what a vet has been through. So when you bring vets together, it gives them a chance to speak to somebody else who has had similar life experiences. And that's why I've always felt that those types of events are important so that those people can have somebody to talk to that'll understand where they're coming from, because it isn't easy getting people to tell those stories, but it's something that is, uh, is necessary, I feel, um, if, for, for those people to be able to talk about some of those things, at least with somebody on a level that can understand what they're talking about.
1: Now we see that time and time again where it's the most difficult part of starting. But once they get going and and talk about it and the, the weight that's lifted off their shoulders afterwards, just to get the story out and talk about it, is, that's where the magic's at. And that's, that's very, very rewarding.
0: Has there ever been a story that you've been sitting there listening to somebody tell that you've been surprised about, or, or there was something unexpected about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of them are because they're so raw, you know, you you never know where you're going to go. And when someone starts sharing emotions with you, it, it could go anywhere. So I've, there's been all sorts of stories, you know, some of them, you start at one point, you end up somewhere else, and you just have to kind of foster the story and listen. You know, it almost at some point it almost seems like 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 you're a counselor. You know, you're listening to someone, and and it turns that direction, and and then in the same sense, you're learning yourself. You're learning how to deal with different emotions yourself. So you're a counselor, and then you're being counseled. So it's kind of a roller coaster sometimes.
0: The TV show American Heroes Outdoors. It's a nonprofit show. Uh, aside from. Making a great TV show. what What are you hoping to accomplish with it? Share more stories.
1: I think that's the end goal is to is to branch out and create a platform that these stories fill up the news waves. Instead of the stories that we're so used to, the stories that that currently sell um, you know, famous people in our world are are not really the, the famous people that I, that I grew up honoring and and worshiping and idolizing. Uh, so the goal of American Heroes Outdoors is to create and generate more traffic towards a positive light towards people that
0: have served. And uh, who who would you like to see be more involved with it? Is there, is there Are you open to partnering with people or are you looking for vets to come be a part of it? Or how can people be a part of the show?
1: We're always looking for nominations of great stories. And that's, that's the hardest thing to find is is those great stories. You know, there, Some of it's confusion that, or misinterpretation that we just provide the events and then we go out, which we do some of the events, but we're always looking for great stories. People can volunteer to come help out and assist on the events, but we really need the nominations because everyone knows somebody that has a cool story. And if they don't think they're deserving because there's somebody more deserving, that's another misconception because everyone's deserving to share their story. There, there is no wait in line for the next guy. But Let, Let's get out there. Let's share the stories. Um, reach out to us and say, hey, I got an uncle. I got a brother. I got a sister. I got a cousin. I got somebody that did something or, or just served and wants to talk about their service. We'll come out. We'll be there. We'll film it. We'll do something with it.
0: Are you looking for uh, guides and outfitters to, to offer up some time, uh, hunts, uh, fishing outings, things like that?
1: Yeah, we can always use more resources like that. It seems to change, you know, quite often with the seasons. But we're always looking for resources, and and we, we're we're very uh, fortunate to have the contacts that we have in the outdoor world, uh, so that people are reaching out to us. But the stories really is, is the main thing. You know, if I get an outfitter call me and and say that I wanna, I wanna provide you with the the facilities and the fishing and a boat or a hunting trip, I say great, and then I challenge them to find someone locally that we can take out because then it's even more special. If we can get someone from the town that the Outfitter's at, the city gets around it, It that's, that's really where we hit a home run.
0: What is the Patriot House program?
1: That started with Smoky Hills Outdoors and Ice Castle and it was just a, a thought to have the house so that veterans and their families can get out and, and go fishing. And talking to Henry from Smoky Hills Outdoors, he saw an opportunity to work with American Heroes Outdoors and expand it. The last winter, we, well, two winters ago, uh, we got the house out in Detroit Lakes. And, you know, without tooting our horn too much, we blew it out of the water. We had 150 people in that house in, in two short months on Detroit Lake. Wow! Uh, fishing wasn't great, but, but they had a blast using that house. Uh, and then this year, we only had it out for 25 days, but over 50 people were in it. Um, we had the thing full every day, you know, four or five people veterans, military, law enforcement, their kids. Um, Hopefully we can grow it. We're gonna be back out next winter uh, in Park Rapids and Detroit Lakes, but I hope we can get one in Bemidji or Otter Tail or somewhere else and have a fourth one, have it all set up under one calendar. Um, We'd like to also move into the summer and provide opportunities at different resorts. So that's kind of where it started, just free ice houses, for military and their families.
0: And let's be honest, ice fishing isn't always about catching fish. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Sometimes it's Playing just, cards, eating yeah. food, sharing stories. Maybe have a beer. It might happen yeah. in there once in a while. Uh, w- and then what else? You mentioned a couple other uh, programs that sounded like that, that you guys are doing as part of American Heroes Outdoors. Talk about those a little bit more.
1: Yeah, as we share stories, we, we always find that not every story is the same. So we started to categorize these stories into – okay, this story is, we could do an entire two-week documentary on this story, or this story is a little bit more niche and smaller and fits down this alley. So as we gather stories, we find different alleys to push those stories so that they can be shared on multiple levels. Shields Hometown Heroes is one. Um, I used to work for Shields before I started full-time with the military, and I have a lot of history with Shields and a lot of context at the organization, and they are extremely pro-service, military, law enforcement, first responder. They are employee-owned, and they just they put it, the ball in our court and said, you develop something for Shields, and we'll back you 100%. Oh, that's great. And that's where Shield, Shields Hometown Heroes came in, and we focused on local heroes that have served or are still serving military, law enforcement, first responder, and are also doing something else in their community, like volunteer coaching or Uh, American Legion are are still giving back today, you know, actively serving. That's where that's at. Sunday service spotlight are just small clips that we're doing with Smoky Hills Outdoors that says, I'm David Morse. I'm in the Minnesota Guard, been in for 16 years. This is why I served. Uh, These are my idols, just small in and out 30-second videos.
0: Well, very cool, man. It's it's a great show. Um, I, I really enjoy what you're doing with it and, you know, uh, helping out v- veterans, of course, uh, is great. And what you what you had to go through in Minneapolis and what you've done in, in your 16 years, again, thank you for your service. Uh, thanks for the time here on, on the show. And is there is there anything else you want us to tell about or where can we find uh, more about what you're doing with American Heroes Outdoors?
1: Most actively would be on our Facebook page. Um, I mean, we're, I think we're posting a couple times a day on there. Uh, also go to our website and try to find our YouTube. That's the best way to stay up to pace with us. Uh, reach out to us. Send us an email. Talk to your friends. Uh, that's the best way to find us. And I really appreciate being on here because it allows us to to grow our reach. And that's ultimately the goal is to is to is to keep growing our reach so that more people come aboard and share more stories.
0: Well, you don't see many TV shows that are you know basically volunteer run that have uh, the quality that you guys are putting together. So it's a, it's a nice show, man. Nice work. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being on the show, David Morris. Take care. Now is the time to start thinking about chasing big walleyes on Devil's Lake. Get on the fish at Hay Bale Heights Campground and Resort. Hay Bale Heights makes it easy for you to make memories on legendary Devil's Lake with guided fishing and lodging packages. Or bring your own boat and rent one of their cabins on East Bay. Hay Bale Heights offers a private marina, fish cleaning station, and the opportunity to relax and enjoy your bucket list trip to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. To book your trip, visit HayBaleHeights.com. That's HayBaleHeights.com. Hey anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life look no further than the famous waters of lake of the woods from bedette and the rainy river to the main lake up to the northwest angle here you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon pike or muskies plus you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats delicious meals and lots of minnesota nice come experience the walleye capital of the world come experience lake of the woods catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. If trophy lake trout and monster northern pike are on your list this summer, book a trip to Tazin Lake Lodge in northwestern Saskatchewan. Everything from numbers to big fish. See pictures, videos, and more at tazinlake.com. This is quite the fishery. Our five-star chef will feed you well after a day of chasing giants on Tazin Lake. Dream come true. Get rates, dates, and more of what you can expect It could be the best fish you ever had in your life. at tazinlake.com. That's tazinlake.com. Tazin Lake Lodge is a proud partner of Tourism Saskatchewan.